This is Studio Confessions, the art podcast. I am your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Listen in for conversations with artists and culture makers as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. Every Sunday since quarantine began, I've been showing up on Facebook Live and Instagram Live, and I collage. I call it Collage Happy Hour NYC. It gives me a reason to dress up, to do my hair, and look forward to doing something on Sunday, still the heaviest day of the week, even now. You can go to my link tree on Instagram and find my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel now. I'm giving these millennials a run for their money. No, I joke. Actually, if there's a millennial out there, can you help me figure out which end is up? I'd appreciate it. So it's been very fun, I'm glad to report. I've gotten very comfortable in front of the camera phone. I'm a ham. The show gives me something to work on with my husband, too. It allows us to collaborate and create something together. That's a really huge tip on long-lasting relationships. Be project-oriented. One week, though, I felt myself getting down from quarantine, from uncertainty. So I thought I'd do something silly. Not shave my head, I'm not there yet. On the show, I mean. The last time I'd been out, I saw a person, a female figure, jogging with what looked to be like a beard, a la Conchita Wurst, you know, the singer. As I got closer, I realized it was indeed a female, but she was wearing a black mask. But seeing what I thought was a bearded woman made me giddy. For that brief second. So I thought, I should make my own beard on YouTube. So I did. I made a ridiculous green collage beard mask with butterflies and flowers. It was so silly, so uncool, that it really cured my quarantine blues. You see, this space that I created for myself to be silly, to not take myself so seriously, does something. It cures me of my darkness. I can be playful and joyous because I know... Others will see this, even if just in passing, scrolling through their feed. And at that second, I show up and I check in, offering my breadcrumbs on how I'm getting through this, one collage and ridiculous art project at a time. I mean, literally, it's a kid's show for adults. It's very different from this, this podcast. Here, as I sit in my studio, alone, I'm someone else, not silly. Alone, I feel the distant danger. I see my scars and sit with ghosts, alone, talking to myself. I'm compelled to leave breadcrumbs of a different sort, to leave the light on and share my stories of survival, because there is darkness to be addressed. And by doing so, it becomes less harmful, less threatening. This is my measure of success. How many lights I can leave on, how long of a breadcrumb trail I can leave, and in how many forms. This is how I measure my productivity now. Now that the world is slow and heavy, we have to pivot. Recalibrate the idea of productivity. Don't let anyone bully you into believing you have to dust yourself off and report to duty once the social distance enforcements are lifted. Or sooner. You're worth more than that. You're worth more than some rug that needs to be dusted off and placed back to work at the feet of others. Is that dramatic? It's a pandemic, friends. It needs to be dramatic. Set your self-expectations accordingly. Be kind and gentle. But here's the rub. Be conscious. 
When I find myself melted on the floor, surrounded by books I intend to read and the documentaries I intend to watch, all queued up, but just can't bear to fight gravity, I give myself 45 minutes. I say, I can do this in 45 minutes, or 30, or 10, or five, or just one minute. I grant myself that minute to ride this out because lifting a finger will not break my back but it will bruise my soul if I don't pay attention and move with conscious caution. And if after that minute, it's still too heavy, I trust myself that when I'm ready, I'll pounce. I'll pounce and answer the calling to make art, to create, to show up. And that trust is self-power. Trust yourself. Trust yourself to know you'll do good by you, one minute at a time. Can you relate? I'm calling out to all my creative folks who, like me, are loners, recluses. You know who you are. The ones that have been home before the quarantine to collage, to read, to paint, to create, or to just stay home, to stay whole. If this is not you, please listen. This involves you too. Before this pandemic, I would never say this ever, but it's a new world. And I keep saying that, and I hope we all realize this, it's a new world. And in this new world, and this is gonna tickle my throat when I say it, are you ready? You have to join the herd. My loner artist, did you hear that? I'm not saying it again, no, I'm kidding. Join the herd. <laughs> I'm not saying get closer than six feet. I'm not telling you to meet in the park and chat. What I'm prompting you to do is to reach out. There is a reason why cliques and tribes exist. It's a matter of survival, a matter of power and numbers. You are very important, my solitary soldier. You have things to create, to say. You have to survive this. And the best way to survive is reaching out and staying connected. Not just to other artists, but to your elders, your teachers, your neighbors. Stay informed of your community and environment. The country's too big to have your back. Start local. This is how we survive as a community. This is how we create coalitions to protect ourselves from the greed that will inevitably come as the new economic situation sets in. But here is the thing, artists. I'm not saying join the herd and find a guru, find the alpha. No way. Follow like a leader. Reach out, connect, and make your decisions like a leader. Because no one is going to have your best interest in mind like yourself. Only you know what's best for you. But share with others. Because you'll find that someone is going to know something that you don't. And you know something that I need to know. This is how we survive. But yeah, how have you been coping? Has it all gone back to normal? The streets are getting crowded. It's nice outside. The trees are green. The birds and the sound of nature seem to have gotten a few decibels louder. It's beautiful. It got louder while we were in our caves, didn't it? Nature is in a self-correction course. Let's stay out of her way. For our own sakes, if anything. Did you hear? The biggest Arctic ozone hole has closed. Healed. It's healed. Because we got out of the way. If only, right? But our internal struggles and capricious whims seem monumental compared to the ozone layer. I must confess, I went out twice this past Saturday. Twice. It was warm and the air was fresh. I wore gloves and masks. 
But I was surprised. I was surprised to see so many people without masks or gloves. I get it. The gloves are a bit excessive. But everyone was so relaxed and at ease, which normally is a good thing. Maybe it was the weather. After we returned home, a friend called and said he was at the park downstairs from my house. I'd been worried about him. He's been uber relaxed about the virus. He's the awkward type with a chip on his shoulders, and I knew he'd not been sheltering in place. He's also a freelancer and an artist. I wanted to check in. Well, he was fine. My husband and I were in what must have looked to my friend and his girlfriend in a full body condom while they lounged mask-free and sans gloves. It was a reminder to observe that we we're all having very different experiences. We we're all processing and surviving this pandemic according to our circumstantial attitudes and of course our social indicators like money and race. The media narrative has been that of deaths as numbers and the curve. We still distance ourselves from the faces and names of deaths in isolation or mass graves in city parks. The narrative has been that of the president leading by intimidation and fabrications to keep us in our patriotic delusion that we are the best, that no one is doing better or done most than us. And I mean us in asterisks on a sliding scale. Then yesterday, in the magnificent weather, when there is something beautiful and priceless to experience, with or without masks, it's commodified. It's taken away and allotted to the privileged. But how do you commodify sunshine and fresh air? That's not a question, my friend. That's a plea. How the fuck do you commodify fresh air and sunshine? Yesterday, the story broke that a man had his head sat on by a police officer in the East Village for not observing social distancing, had his head sat on. Similar issues arose simultaneously in Brownsville, Brooklyn. If this one story made the news, now you know it's happening elsewhere. That cop had been working prior shifts, I'm sure. But here's the terror. It's easy to think of white versus black, white versus brown, white versus color. But the cop was a person of color, and this is the most dangerous part of our American dream, of our American story. We're led to believe that once you're granted power, once you acquire it, once you have privilege, the only way to keep and grow your power is by taking it from others. Then you can exercise it in any way you want. Like I said, there's a sliding scale on our Americanness. Let's not forget Peter Lang, the Chinese officer who shot Akai Gurley, an unarmed black man in 2014, and has a 15-year sentence on his head. That was the same year that Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, and the countless others were slain by white policemen who did not face trial. Let's not forget Tanya McDowell, the black woman who was sentenced 12 years in prison for claiming to have lived in Bridgeport, Connecticut, when in fact, she was homeless, so that her six-year-old could get a better education. She was charged with stealing an education, when in fact, she was homeless, y'all. While Felicity Huffman gets to go out for brunch after serving one month in jail. Hello, America. It's your conscience calling. And here's the trap. And listen in, because this might mean something to you. These news stories, published and aired, are like prescription drugs. They're dropped in doses and amounts they, too, Will have an effect. This man of color that got his head sat on, why do you think they're sharing that with you? Don't you think the police would want to keep it under wraps? And don't you think it's happened before? 
Well, this story, like any good story, has a moral, a cautionary tale for people of color, or more to the point, black and brown folk like me. Because the forest is fraught with big bad wolves with guns and badges that are out for your head. Don't venture out into the sunshine, into the fresh air. You see, those other folks that don't look like you, the ones that don't live where you live, well, they are not like you. Stay home. Stay scared. It will protect you. I wish I was being overly dramatic, but it's all true. And too many of us have lived it. Long ago, while I worked at El Museo del Barrio, a Latino art institution, I chose not to fight. And really, fighting was never my gift. I learned firsthand that there's always a fight. The system is always taking the little we have and having us fight each other for the limited resources it does offer us. It's a never-ending plight. So then and there, I chose never to fight the system, to instead seek out and support my community to thrive. I learned to hold the door. And these news stories that are socially prescribed, the ones that self-admittedly call themselves news programming, are there to slow us down, to literally trip us on the way up. Don't let them keep you from going somewhere. Someone right now is holding the door for you. But doors have locks and don't stay open forever. Not the same ones anyway. But here is the art angle, my friends. Instead of a tripping hazard, make these narratives your fuel for your art, for your success. You don't have to live in these narratives, but take them to inform where you wanna go from here, in this new world. And here is your prompt, here is your challenge. I'm not talking about no cutesy, silly Insta challenge. Right now, in the solitude of my studio and the weight of my heart, I challenge you. I challenge you to hold the door behind you actively, right now. Reach out to someone who can use an open door. Extend your privilege to someone who can use a bridge, a connection to get to the other side of their career, of their art. Share what you know. P.S. If you know a buyer from Target, I'm still holding on to that dream. DM me. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, reach out and hold the door. And here's the uncomfortable part of this challenge. Reach out to someone. A different person and ask them to hold the door for you. Well, not in so many words, but you know what you need. What is that question whose answer might help you jump ahead exponentially? Get on your Instagram, DM that artist, that teacher, that influencer even. How do I fill in the blank? And if you never hear from them, it's easier to ask the second time once you've asked before. It's a new world. Don't wait. I'm here, holding the door for you. If this is not your door, that's okay. But when you find your door, hold that door. There's someone behind you. That's it. Thanks for listening. If you heard anything that moved you, please share it. You are the spark that can ignite a thousand flames. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer, sharing with you what moves me.